What's the word, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Sherman Obed, back here once again and bringing you the newest episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Obed, how are you this week? Fantastic, sir. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. As always, as always, well, you know, we got a few things to talk about. As always, we're going to break down some football news in the NFL. We're going to be talking about your boy, AB, once again. Seems like we can't get off the topic of this guy. We're going to be breaking down the games from last week a little bit and making our picks. But first, let's go into some college football action. Do a quick little week four recap of some of the games that went on. And a couple of games that we highlighted last week was... One of the bigger games was Michigan versus Wisconsin. Um, of course, number 11 Michigan lost to number 13 Wisconsin, 35 to 14. You know, quite frankly, you'll bet. I think this is the soon-to-be end of the Harbaugh run in Ann Arbor. I mean, Michigan is—they're still two and one. Don't get me wrong; they're not, you know, not like let's say 0 and three. That's not a terrible thing, the situation. But yeah. losing this game. You know, really puts them in a harp, uh, you know, in a tough position now. You know, Patterson, Shady Patterson, he had a decent game, uh, throwing for a little over 200 yards and two scores and a pick. But Michigan, I feel, just really has turned things around. They've got, you know, five more ranked opponents on their schedule, which includes Ohio State and uh, Penn State, and 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 Notre Dame, as a matter of fact. So. You know, I think that this was a kind of a test to them. Say, hey, look, are we built for our our deep run? I'm not sure your thoughts, but I I, I don't know where Michigan kind of, you know, how they play out this season with Harbaugh still at the the lead. Uh, I have to agree with you. I like, I agree with your sentiments. They're just going to have to play this out and getting the W's when you can, uh, depending on where that Penn State game is, I'm going to chalk that up to a loss along with the other two games because they're not beating Notre Dame. Notre Dame put on a hell of a show against uh, Georgia this week. Um, And I just don't see that Michigan would have what it takes to keep up uh, with with either uh, Michigan or Ohio State's offense. So. Yeah, but Penn State. Yeah, Penn, the Penn State game is at Penn State, by the way, in the middle of middle of October. We'll, we'll make that three L's then. Yeah, I mean they've got Notre Dame at home and they've got Ohio State at home, so you know that may be in their favor. But you know, the Harbaugh has not beaten Ohio State since he's arrived in Ann Arbor. That's for yeah. one. You know, and and yeah. you know, this and Justin Fields is is balling out for the Buckeyes this season. You know, a possible Heisman Heisman uh, candidate right there. So I know, man. I I think Harb. If I can tell you right now, if the Wolverines, if they if they have four losses at the end of the season, I think Harbaugh's time in Ann Arbor is done. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think what was telling was, uh, like you said, Patterson didn't have a bad game, but did get benched in that game. Considering how outcoached that entire team got, I can't believe you would put that on the shoulders of a young man and bench him as if he did something wrong. He's mm-hmm. trying to stay afloat in a ship that is clearly sinking. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, Wisconsin, they ran the ball well. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had over 200 yards in total. Wisconsin almost ran for almost 400 yards. Michigan, on the other hand, had 40 yards rushing. Yeah, no help. No help on the ground. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. 100%, man. It's it's, it's looking a lot for Michigan. And you kind of alluded to you before Georgia beat Notre Dame. You know, that was a that was that was a great game. Jake Fromm, looked uh, in 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 form I can tell you that much I mean I I like I like this kid from I know the junior out of, out of Georgia you know he he had a, a decent game he was 20 of 26 for 187 and a score but you know I think this proves that Georgia isn't a, obviously we know there's an elite team in the SEC and probably will be in the SEC title game against Alabama which is probably a foregone conclusion like yeah. it is every season <laughs> right yeah <laughs> 
Um, it's it's uh it's interesting. Oh, I should say interesting. It was I, I pulls at my heartstrings because I'm just not a fan of this new style of NFL play. Watching this game felt like watching these Chiefs and the Rams go at it, where there were big defensive plays. Uh, uh who who was that with the uh, interception? Um, Claypool, not Claypool. I'm sorry. Uh, Wilson, Wilson with the interception where it went behind him and he kind of did a whirling turn and then he dropped it, got it back. You know, those kind of plays are great, which was indicative of that game, the Rams against the the Chiefs. But mm. just really no good defense to speak of. Everything looked like moonshots downfield from a scrambling play, and mm. Fromm was just lighting it up. That I, I felt like the 20 for 26, 187, and one touchdown were very pedestrian numbers, high school quarterback mm. numbers. But the mm. throws that he had to make to make those plays were just, you know, the kind of stuff that you could see in the NFL and see it translate. Right, right, right. Yeah, and you, you kind of alluded to kind of, you know, struggling defenses for a second there and, and kind of transition to the next game. I want to talk about speak of struggling defense, UCLA and Washington state. <sighs> I'm not sure if there was defense was even on the field. Nope. I mean, cause, cause good, good, goodness, good Lord. I mean, yeah. the final score, UCLA upset number 19, Washington state 67 to 63. I mean, I mean it's a basketball score. I mean, tell you, right? I mean, what happened here? I mean, the quarterback for Washington State, Anthony Gordon, threw for nine touchdowns, literally nine touchdowns himself. Yeah. That I just mean, makes no sense. I mean, it sounds like Geno Smith had uh, West Virginia thrown for seven, and we see how his career turned out. <laughs> right, exactly. But, hey, kudos to the Bruins for getting their first victory. And, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit of smack last week against Chip Kelly, you know, but he, they, they were able he to just – He heard <laughs> I, us. He must have. You know, somebody was listening, and he, they, you know, they got this turned around. They, they were, I think, they were down what 32 late in the game yeah. at, at one point in the game, and got it turned around and came out with the victory. So kudos to them. But the biggest upset of the weekend definitely was USC over number 10 Utah, 30 to 23. And uh, USC's quarterback um, Keaton Slovis, I believe, was knocked out of the game after like the second play of the game or possible concussion, I believe. So it was, you know, Matt Fink coming in, throwing for over 350 and three scores, you know, getting the upset over the Utes in in, uh, Southern California. I don't know. I mean, USC is three and one, you know, can they kind of turn this thing around? You know, maybe they've got a next game is against is uh, at number 17, Washington. Then they play at number 10, Notre Dame. So kind of a little rough road ahead. Do you think USC has a chance here in the Pac-12 or what? I mean, you know, the one thing, and we'll, so we'll talk about this as we get to the NFL games, the, the uh, element of surprise of a quarterback you have no tape on um, is is huge. It's it can, it can swing an entire day when you feel like you don't, the entire world's against you. You don't have your primetime players out there, but somebody nobody knows can come in and make a play. Fink came in and did such a thing. Uh, can he keep it going once the, once the tapes start getting out there? I don't know. That's a tough stretch of two ranked opponents to think that he's uh, he's going to be able to pull it off. But if they go one and one through that, I think it's a W for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and, you know, Coming up, looking at the, this week's games, week five in college football, not too many games against ranked versus ranked opponents. I think the the one game that does stand out for me is probably going to say uh, Ole Miss at, no, at number two, Alabama. You know, whenever it's any time um, Ole Miss and Bama kind of get together and they play each other, those games are kind of always pretty always interesting. To say the yeah. least, you know, I mean, I think it was a few years back where Ole Miss actually upset Alabama. I think Bama was ranked number one at, at the time at, at home. And yeah. it, was, it was, you know, it was in, in Bama. So I think that's kind of an interesting game right there. 
um, Ole Miss, Alabama. I don't know. Did you? I don't know if you looked at the schedule for the week five or any of the matchups. Do you like this matchup going in or anything else that stands out to you, Obed? Uh, I don't know who OU's playing, but I feel like I want to get a chance to see them play. You know, I think, like I said, pedestrian numbers from Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm downtown. But he uh, <laughs> he definitely strung together quite, uh, quite at least in that game, uh, a lot of leadership, a lot of big-time throws. Um, gutted it out with with his team out there uh, in a game that they easily could have lost and found a way to win. Uh, you thought saw special teams um, with that uh, Claypool dropping that punt, and you think, oh my God, is this going to be the beginning of of a bad night? But uh, you know they uh, they gutted it out. So I want to see another Heisman Trophy candidate in uh, Jalen Hurts and see what he's about to throw down because he's just a light show every time he steps on the field. Yeah, and Oklahoma plays Texas Tech at, at home. So yeah, Jalen Hurts, like I said last week, I think you know. To me, he's you know definitely a Heisman candidate at this point because he's definitely lighting it up. So I think that you know, and Texas Tech is known for throwing the ball a lot, you know, you know having that you know, spread offense. So that's gonna, I think, Obed, you're right there. That's going to definitely be a good game there. All right, you know, let's you know what as we're that kind of wraps up our take on some college football. Let's move on to the NFL. And joining us this week to talk some NFL news and action with us is our returning guest, Chris, live from Pennsylvania. Chris, good to have you on, sir. Hey, it's good to be here, guys. How y'all doing? Yeah, you know, here yeah, we're we're living the dream, as Obed would say, right? Yes, sir. All day, every day. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So let's kind of get right into it, guys. Um, the biggest news, of course, in the NFL this week or this past week, your boy Chris, your boy AB from your previous New York Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, or previously from your Pittsburgh Steelers, getting released <laughs> by the Patriots. Man, this guy cannot stay out of the news. He gone. <laughs> gone by. <laughs> Chris, I'll let you go in first here because, I mean, you know, I'm sure you have some sales, a hot take here on AB. What, what can you say? What, what else is there to say about him or what's going on? Uh, I'd have to say at this point, you know, every, every action that AB is continually doing is making our general manager look like an absolute genius for getting rid of him when he did. <laughs> uh, everyone joking at the time, oh, you get, you're getting a third and a fifth round pick for one of the best uh, receivers, uh, not only of this generation, but possibly of all time. But, uh, yeah, Sherman, you're exactly right. The, the man seems to have issues that go well beyond uh, the, the football field. Seems to have a lot of things going on in his personal life, um, obviously with the, you know, um, hor- horrific allegations that are out there looming around him right now. Um, and then the tweets that come out and things he just can't seem to get out of his own way. And even when he brings in people close to him, if you're not on board with him, you are shipped out. So, again, the, the gentleman seems to have a lot going on uh, beyond just the football field. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Obed, your take on AB getting released by the Patriots and you know what his what maybe what is his mental status? You know what's going on? These newest allegations, as Chris mentioned there. Yeah, I've tried to give him the benefit of the doubt that he might have some CTE and maybe even bipolar disorder, but uh, <laughs> he he just continues to get in his own way and uh, things just keep going from bad to worse. I'll give him you know I'll break even with him that there have been no criminal suits filed against him which seems like individuals don't want him to fa- face charges but they do want him to face some kind of monetary uh, 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 loss with all of the civil suits that seem to be coming out to make sure that they get a piece of the money before this guy's not getting paychecks anymore mm-hmm. um uh and i do think that that chris has a point that you know getting a third and a fifth for him was great 
if they could have found a way to make that situation work, I, I think that would have been good for all parties involved because, you know, it seems that the Steelers took for granted having two of the best players at their position uh, because no AB, no LB has equaled no dubs. Uh, and now Big Ben is continuing this trend of no dubs. Uh, the, the Steelers go from a team who just had to, like, try to figure it out with some new pieces on offense and a, and a defense that's starting to come around to what looks like the makings of a full-on rebuild. But, you know, I, I digress. As a Pats fan, there's nothing better than seeing Pittsburgh look like they just need to get one more leg kicked out from underneath them. But we won't oh. go there. Um, I, <laughs> but we yeah, continue. I, we continue. Oh, yeah. so, go, go ahead. Take away. No, no. I was just going to say, I mean, you know, AB, I'm not sure what's going on through his mind. The fact that, you know, as you know, we guys were saying before, these newest allegations coming out where an artist is kind of, you know, claiming that he you know, assaulted her some years ago at his home over in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, and he was sending threatening text messages to her. First of all, dude, if you know someone's coming after you and telling you and you're in the, you know, filing a lawsuits against you, having an attorney saying, you know, you're doing this, doing that to them. Why would you even attempt to even send any sort of communication to that person? And you know, this was saying that there was some group chat, group text messages sent last week, and she was in the chat, and she alerted her, her who her attorney, who alerted the NFL. Why would you even communicate? To this person, you cut off, you go ghost, as they would say. You cut off Absolutely. all ties. Don't yeah. do anything because you know it can eventually come back to bite you. And of course, this did. Now, of course, that was portrayed, you know, that was done while he was a member of the Patriots. The Patriots released him. And AB actually sent out a tweet later that day saying that he will not, quote, will not be playing in the NFL anymore. These owners can cancel deals, do whatever they want at any time. We will see if the NFL PA hold them accountable. Sad they can just void guarantees anytime. Going on 40 million two months, we'll see if they pay up, end quote. I mean, really quick, just to kind of, you know, I, I guess we've been talking about AB so much for the past couple of weeks to kind of wrap up this nonsense with AB. Guys, I'll, I'll go back to you, Chris, quickly. Do you think AB is actually done in the NFL forever? Um, Absolutely not. I mean, he's he, he's, pull, he's pulling a Floyd uh, mate money Mayweather right there to, you know, getting the hype going on of his retiring just so when he comes back. But honestly, Sherman, in regards to, to his tweets there and saying about, uh, you know, they, these owners can void contracts whenever they want. Please tell me in what profession in the world do you sign a guarantee salary and then you are in void of your contract as an employee and causing um, money due to that entity, that business, that enterprise, that you are now guaranteed that salary. It does not exist. Oh, so time out, time out. My bad, Chris. If I work for Goldman Stacks or Lehman Brothers, pause yourself, bro, because it, it depends on it depends really in this country, color of your skin and the status that you have, because it's dudes with golden parachutes out here getting their companies in trouble, going down with the SEC or other larger networks and still having a fantastic parachute on their way out the door. So I got I get where you're going with that one, but you, you might want to temper that one because it is some places in America where that is absolutely happening. They just have white collars. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, th I think it, no, I think it's a different scenario. I don't think it's a uh, racial or color thing whatsoever. All I'm trying to say is, you sign on the dotted line for thirty million dollars guaranteed. You play for your Pats, for example. You play one game, one game, and you have four receptions for thirty-six yards and a touchdown. Yes, it was good for my fantasy. Thank you, AB. But, <laughs> of course. But what, but, what I, but what I'm saying is, you play one game. Does that now justify you getting paid nine million dollars guaranteed? Because the nine million dollars guaranteed was on the fact that you would play an entire season without having any detriment to the team, which was part of his agreement. By the way, that any type of 
legal proceeding that was in the works was needed to be disclosed to the Patriots prior to him signing on the dotted line, which he did not. And this civil suit was already in the makings prior to him starting with the Patriots. So he was in breach of contract. I mean, you could say the same thing about Andrew Luck being in breach of his contract and not coming back and him being allowed to keep $25 million. I, If you look at, you know, and we can take Megatron. Megatron left early, not detrimental to the team, but they didn't appreciate him saying, I'm done and quit. And they took his money back, right? Uh, uh, the same thing happened with Marshawn Lynch. Wanted to leave because his body, he had core surgery twice in one year and was like, listen, I need a break. He might have gone back to the Seahawks if they had had a better outing with him when he left, but they went after his money. Seems like Andrew Luck is allowed to keep his money, and he's probably not going to play another down in the NFL. I didn't want I wasn't saying that it was a racial thing. I'm just saying that there are places in America where an individual can keep this money. And I'm not going to say it's racial, but there are individuals who work in that field, who make up predominantly one kind of ethnic racial group. But in the NFL, I'm not trying to make that point, but the information I've given you sadly kind of tenders that way, right? I don't know why they didn't take any of the money back that they signed on a brand new contract for Andrew Luck, mm -hmm. knowing probably the whole year that he wasn't going to play. Honestly, I think that was just a sort of like kind of a, a respect thing when it comes to Andrew Luck. They say, hey, listen, man, you know, you've done a lot for our for our organization. We feel bad you're hurt and things like that. They kind of just like, yo, dude, don't worry about it. That's what I think it was. He didn't do anything as AB-like to, to kind of to, no, to, to say the all. least. Not, not at, all. at all. You know what I mean? Now, was it a bad look quitting, you know, or quote unquote retiring in, you know, three weeks before the season started? Not at all. Was it, it was definitely not a good look. But I think they just a point, you know, he had a good relationship with the organization, with the head coach, with the GM, with the owners and say, look, listen, man, I can't do this anymore. They honestly just felt bad for him. I think that's why I think it's a different aspect of him saying he's allowed to keep that money. But yeah, you're right. With Megatron, they asked, he, they asked for the money back for him because, he, you know, maybe he, his relationship with the Lions wasn't the same as Luck's relationship with the Colts. But I get I also get where Chris was going with it. You know, in in most jobs, Chris, I would say you're hundred percent right. You go to you sign it, you sign up as an employee. And they tell you we're gonna give you the salary and you do something that's gonna you get arrested or something like that, your your domestic violence or you commit a crime and robbery, burglary or, or you know murder, whatever the case is, chances are they're not gonna pay you. <laughs> Let's be yeah, honest facts. here, folks. Facts. Yeah, yeah, right? I mean, we I think we can both agree to say that. They're not we're probably not gonna give you your salary. So I get where Chris is going with that. I also get your point, um, Obed, that you know, sometimes there are different circumstances in different professions, you know, maybe like a stockbroker or whatever the case is. If you do a deal, you're going to get that commission, you know, things like that. So that kind of does, you know, happen in certain places. So I think we can all maybe all agree to disagree here. You know, quite frankly, you know, I'm almost at the point where I'm almost done with I'm almost done with talking about Antonio Brown right now. And it's just been far too long. This guy is causing a headache around the league from the helmet issue, from the feet, from the feet thing, you know, it's just been a, a, a plethora of nonsense this entire past what? What are we looking at going on? What four or five months now, guys? Easily, easily more than that. Back to the end, the last game of the season when he uh, quit on the Steelers. Yeah, he said he. Yeah, he said he was sick, didn't feel well. And Tomlin said, you know, I want to go home. And Tomlin said, okay, go home, dude. What you mean if you don't feel well? And he never showed up. So, uh, you know, Chris, I kind of feel bad for your Steelers. You know, they know what? No Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell. You know, as we as we know, and now and now it's just looking now. I really quick just to kind of wrap it up. Do I think they should have gotten more than a third and a fifth round pick for for Antonio Brown? Yes, because his value dictates that. 
Now, yeah. given the circumstances, hey, they probably made out like with a, you know, like a bandits, but his value dictates that he's worth more than a third and fifth round pick. Quite frankly, that's all I'm gonna say. Really quick, let me go back to either of you. Any last any last things on Antonio Brown? Because I'm ready to move on from this guy. <laughs> Chris, take Chris, take it because we've already talked about it enough. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I thought we were already done. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, there you have it, folks. Okay, we're done with Antonio Brown. And moving on, Chris, continuing to talk about your 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 Steelers, Big Ben. Looks like he's not going to have Tommy John surgery. He's he will be back for the 2020 season. You know, we said it a couple weeks ago. If he was going to have their surgery, I think he was quite quite frankly done for his going to be for his career. He might just end up retiring because you know it's it's so difficult to come back from this type of surgery. So well, again, Chris, I'll let you take this one on first because this is your team. Do you think Big Ben will be the same if he returns next year? Absolutely not. I mean, he, he he's already a, an aging quarterback, and he doesn't uh, keep himself in tip-top shape, as we all know. Like a you know, especially like a Tom Brady who who's on his own level. Let's be honest. You know, with his <laughs> avocado ice creams and his you know, sleeping <laughs> in a snuggie, sleeping in a snuggie that's air conditioned to the exact temperature of his body that needs to be performing at all time hot. I mean, his, he, glu- he, his gluten-free chewing gum, whatever the hell he does, he, I don't he, know. He, he's at an all-time free. You look, you look at that man's pictures when he was a rookie to now when he's 42. He's literally gone back 20 years in life. It is crazy. Um, but no, so we all Big Ben is not like that. Big Ben likes to indulge in, in life and, and all the joys that life has to come with it. Um, so he's, he's, on that, already, he's on that Homer Simpson diet. He is on that Homer Simpson diet. So he, he was already, you know, you could see in his mobility, just all the hits he takes for his course of career. He's not the same. And to have an injury at this state of your career is the same as having an Achilles injury uh, when you're later in your life and say in your basketball profession. It's a devastating injury. But luckily for him, it wasn't Tommy John, which isn't a full year of just playing out recovery before he could even throw a football. Um, Joe Montana was actually recently talking about this um, in an article in the USA Today. And he even said, um, ironically, he had the exact same type of injury as Big Ben did. Um, and really, you know, when what happened to him when he came back from his injury? Every time that he would throw the football, he had no feeling. He said in his ring finger and his pinky finger, so he couldn't properly grip it. The nerve damage uh, was just completely gone. So he was never the same. It's basically the same as throwing a knuckleball every time you throw a football out there. So it's a completely different throwing motion. So is he the same? No. Will he be back? Absolutely. But I think you're going to see Mason Rudolph, you know, really predominantly uh, take charge of that uh, locker room after this year. And really, whether or not he's the future is irrelevant. I think they'll see Big Ben next year. But the slightest slip next year when he comes back, whether it's week one, two, or three, you know, you're going to see Mason Rudolph in there again. And then, uh, you know, that's the end of a, of a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Obed, your thoughts on Big Ben, the status of his health, and if, is, is Chris Wright and will Mason Rudolph lead them from moving forward? Whew. I'm going to need to see. I mean, I think the the – issue here is that what we've seen on a couple NFL teams, the backup players don't have enough first team reps in practice that they can't really make things happen when they get a chance to go out there and start. I don't know what they trained for. I don't know what they practiced uh, with Mason Rudolph and James Washington, Deontay Johnson. Unfortunately, they're not getting anything from uh, uh, Dante Moncrief, who just doesn't. He doesn't even deserve the reps. He doesn't even deserve the snaps, hmm. honestly. Um, I, I, I think, you know, it's really tough because you you would think Ben would have taken care of himself more. And this is this is a part of the 
entitlement aspect I have with Brett Ben that kind of led to a lot of the breakdown in the relationships between his number one option at running back and wide receiver, where Ben currently leads the league in number of passes behind the line of scrimmage. I believe that's that have gone for a touchdown, right? He literally is just getting the hands, the ball in the hands of the best playmaker and allowing them to make the stats that have made him look good. And I don't think he ever wanted to take a reserve role, right? But he just lives life the way that he lives life. I come out here, I sling the ball, drink some beers, go out to the club, come back and we're good. Uh, but, you know, picking up Nixon injuries, picking up, uh, 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 you know, stuff that really I don't know how he he's won games on a broken ankle, a separated shoulder, you know, a broken arm. Like it is ridiculous the kind of things that he's played through and to think that he's just going to go rehab, come back. Uh, if they don't retool this team the way the Steelers usually do with tons of stud studs everywhere, I don't I don't know if there's a reason to have him back as opposed to go and maybe take a chance at getting one of these guys who comes out. Jake Fromm comes out. I think Jake Fromm would be fantastic in the Steelers mm. offense, right? You know, that guy okay. could be a game changer for them. If Mason Rudolph doesn't seem to show himself, uh, Sigmund Bloom, uh, Yinzer, uh, fantasy analyst, you know, was adamant about that. People were saying the Steelers had a first round draft get on Mason draft grade on Mason Rudolph. And it's obvious they were wrong. You know, he does not look like a first round talent out there by comparison to other quarterbacks that we've seen taken in the first round. But it's only the first time he's been out there and he was in mop up duty the week before. So we'll right. see through the end of this uh, season what he's got. I think uh, I, I should ask Chris, how did you feel about this Minka Fitzpatrick pickup? I mean, honestly, you know, I, I kind of thought it was an unnecessary pick at this point. I mean, uh, same thing, you know, even when they got Joe Hayden, you know, a couple of years back, I, it was kind of a, a, a mood point. You know, there's a, so many other areas um, that they need to fix and retool, like you said, Obed, uh, other than a stud, you know, uh, secondary player. So, I mean, obviously he's he's a top two or three at his position in the league. But for a team that's nowhere near close to competing at this point, I, I mean, could he be part of a rebuild? Possibly. But I think there's too many other areas, especially on the lines, you know, the front seven that they need to, to address first. But to your point, Obed, real quick, then about the quarterback, I'll tell you, take one better than Jake Fromm. I actually think Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert would be a great from Oregon, would be Oregon. a great Steelers offense. Yeah, you know, I mean, Justin Herbert, yeah, I think he's a, he is a senior, so he'll probably be one of the top quarterbacks picked in this year's draft coming up, well, 2020, I should say. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to do something because, Chris, I'll definitely agree, you know, and we'll bet Big Ben is not going to be around for much longer. You know, they're hurting all around. You know, James Conner is looking real mediocre this year so far in the first three games. You know, um, it's hurting my fantasy team, quite frankly. Um, I'll say, you know, I I think this is kind of – kind of precedent that showing that he was probably just a product of the system last year. You know, you had yeah. AB, you had Juju on the other side. So, you know, they were defenses were king on the passing game. You know, so the, so it, it opened up the run. And now they're not really afraid of the passing game that much, especially with Mason Rudolph at, at, at quarterback. So now they're putting more guys in the box. They're they're blitzing the guys. They're bringing them, you know, bringing safeties down. So against them. So I mean can can AB can excuse me can AB, here we go AB. Can Big Ben kind of kind of recover? You know, it's going to be tough. I honestly, I think if he, do, if Big Ben does come back next year and play, and he, I don't think he's going to probably full finish the year, and it might, it might be his last year in Pittsburgh, and quite frankly, in the NFL as a whole, because he's what he's 37 now, Chris, I believe. So yeah. coming from that kind of injury, you know, it's going to be tough for him. So and I'm, and I'm sure you kind of would agree. Absolutely. Yep. Agree. Yep. Um, moving on from the Steelers, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey, who did request a trade with the team last week. 
um, this yesterday, this past Monday, he actually called out sick at a practice. Um, you're getting paid millions of dollars and you call out sick from work. Dude, I'm afraid to call out sick at my job and I don't make the money this dude makes, okay? Right. Yeah, <laughs> fact. Obed, your thoughts on Ramsey calling out and, you know, even requesting the trade. And I don't think the Dragoars really want to get rid of him at this point. Yeah, I mean, they've got one of the best defenses in the league, and that starts at the fact that the perimeter is just locked down with A.J. Bouye on one side and Jalen Ramsey on the other. Jalen Ramsey pulling a number out of the A.B. book. I don't know why you're talking about calling in sick. If you need a day off to think about things, fine. But they've already set the price for you at two first-round draft picks, which is just ridiculous. No huh. one player is worth two first-round draft picks. You put a first out there because they proved their first-round talent, and then you put a third-round pick and a fifth-rounder out there. Uh, I think that offer gets done uh even you know and again he has to get paid so you say a first and a third and then you say hey we're taking care of the contract right um so you know they just they, they've made it obvious that they're not willing to trade him i think he might as well just strap him and get out there i think he has as a right to be upset um i i'm still i can't remember the name of their coach but he looked like a boob an absolute fool for for not doug going marone. for doug marone for not going for one and so i don't care what the numbers say secure the tie secure extra time. And then that's just as Jalen Ramsey, that's disrespectful to me and the pedigree of what I put out there defensively for you, because you just said, you're not going to give me a chance to close this game out for you, or at least get you to postseason. Maybe we get a chance to win the coin toss and then get another chance out there. Hell, if we don't win the coin toss, I'm still Jalen Ramsey. That is still AJ Boy over there. That's still Calais Campbell down there, right? Mm -hmm. We can play defense into the, into uh, overtime and give Gardner Minshew a try, but you Doug Marone, Oh, big dummy want to go for two <laughs> and put the ball in the hands of Leonard Fournette, who's just been a colossal failure and bust for that team, uh, even mm. with all of the talent and opportunity that he's been given. So I can understand why he's upset, but hey, where I work, when I work from home, when I'm sick, that's what I do. I don't take off. I'm still on the clock. So yeah, coming off that, you know, as you mentioned, that one point loss to the to the Texans the week before, where they went for two at the end of the game. Chris, quickly, your thoughts on Jalen Ramsey? You know, should the Jaguars be requesting two first round picks, and where do you think he could possibly end up? I mean, should they ask for it? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you, you go, you go, you 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 go for the moon. You know, shoot for the stars or whatever the thing may be. But, yeah, but you here's the shoot it. You hope for the best, right? Exactly. You you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So here's the oh, thing. I mean, he, he he's in the fourth year of 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 his rookie deal with the fifth year option. Here's the here's the tricky part. His fifth year option to go against uh, the dead money cap is thirteen point seven million if they pick up that fifth year option. So, I mean, there's a lot of moving factors in here uh, in regards to getting this trade done because, um, you know, the team that signs him has to decide, OK, are we going to take on that dead money? And also, is he going to sign here long term? So that's right. the biggest issue, you know, in, in going forward, because, you know, I'm sure, you know, a team that that might have some salary cap, you know, the, uh, a team that's not going anywhere, say a, a la Miami would love to have him. But you know as well as I do, watching that debacle of a team, that 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 just that D D one double A squad of a of a professional football team. <laughs> shots fired. They are shots going. Shots fired. Absolutely. They are not going anywhere. So you know Jalen Ramsey. You know if he got traded up here, he's gone. He is gone after this year. So there's a lot of moving factors. So I think Jacksonville should ask for the moon and then some. But but like Obed said, it's going to come back down to 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 the, to the real world here. And I'm thinking a first and a third could get this deal done. Yeah, yeah, I, I think a first and a third is reasonable for someone of, as his talent. That's why I kind of was saying before, I can't believe 
the Steelers settled for a third and a fifth for for Antonio Brown. And, and quite frankly, Antonio Brown is probably a better talent than Jalen Ramsey. But I digress, of course. We're not talking about Antonio Brown anymore. But, yeah. <laughs> Who's that again? Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely see what your point there. I mean, where, really quick to kind of wrap up here, um, where do I think he could go? I mean, going to Miami, he gets to stay in Florida. You know, he is a Florida State prospect. I believe if you come back to Florida State, you know, a lot, you know, uh, Came out of there. Could he stay in Miami? Could he go to Miami and stay in Florida? Might not be a bad thing. You know, Miami has definitely has the picks to throw out there. So they've been they've been stacking up picks. You know what I mean? Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's kind of let's go on to some uh, week three game recap quickly, guys, here. Um, one of the kind of exciting games of the week, I thought, was the Giants and Buccaneers game. We finally got Ooh. to see the Giants' first-round pick quarterback, Daniel Jones, in, in action. And he did. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes <laughs> doing work, folks, you know. And you oh, know what? He got the names already. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he led them to a victory on that late drive. And now, uh, quite frankly, the Bucs could have won this game. They missed a field goal right at the right at the end to win the game. And quite frankly, that kicker's probably getting cut this week. Who knows? <laughs> but um, the Giants, man, they pulled it out. You know, Daniel Jones, he looked good, I got to say. 336 and two scores. You know, he's has a little trouble with ball ball uh, ball control. You know, I think he did fumble a couple times. Um, so that was a ball security. That was kind of his one problem, one of his major problems at Duke. Um, so let me ask you this, you know, I mean, you know, and, and in that game, say, I know, and Chris, I'm sure you were watching, you're aware, say, Saquon Barkley did get hurt. He has a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out, I believe, what, four to eight weeks, I think, you know, I think, you know. What did you think, or what did you, you know, from looking at that game or that all those highlights, what did you think of Daniel Jones in his first game, real game action? Well, I mean, for, for his first time, I mean, absolutely. He, he looked great. You know, I mean, he looked poised. He looked he looked mobile. He, he did things Eli Manning obviously can't do, moving in around the pocket, left to right, scrambling out. He had two rushing touchdowns on top of his two passing. I mean, he had done something only one other player uh, since the AFL-NFL merger has happened in 1976, and it's rushed for two throw for two um, in his NFL debut. I mean, so obviously he looked phenomenal. Uh, but like you said, now once that you have a uh, perennial running back, you know, an all-world talent in Saquon Barkley out, now when they start, you know, <laughs> sending those blitzers in, they don't have to worry about him. We're going to see what's happening when they start, you know, throwing schematics at just pl- playing for Daniel Jones. There's going to be a lot of different things going on. The run- uh, the Giants don't have a lot of depth at the running back position, at the skills position. You know, they're, they're limited. So, um, I think Daniel Jones definitely showed a lot of promise, and, and I think he's a more mobile Eli Manning in a lot of respects. So it's going to take a little bit larger sampling size to see what he's really about. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh bet. I mean, how how detrimental is it that Saquon Barkley is out for the Giants? It wouldn't be detrimental if they still had Odell Beckham Jr., who could be lighting people up with Daniel Jones at quarterback. But let you know, that's Got another him. story for another day. Um, <laughs> Dave Gettleman is an idiot. Uh, so, um, hi yo. I just I just feel like, especially knowing Saquon Barkley's talent and what he's capable of, I don't want them doing something stupid like forcing him out there early or allowing him to pressure his way back into the starting lineup before he's ready. You know, the season could very well be lost as much as the season could be salvaged. I think they need to give uh, Saquon as much time, if not more, on, on the A.J. Green type status, like allow him to get healthy, be at his best. If he needs two and a half months to get healthy you give him two and a half months because as a generational talent he brings so much to the table for this offense yeah i mean saquon is you know 
he is the real deal. And I said it, you know, I think within the next year or two, he will be the best running back in the NFL point blank period. Um, but, you know, it's definitely going to hurt them. As you mentioned, they probably should have never gotten rid of Dan, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. You know, because they like Chris said, they don't have the weapons like they have. You know, Golden Tate is still suspended. So when he comes in, he's going to bring a little bit more depth for them. But not what you really, really wanted or what you could, what you had in uh, Odell Beckham Jr., of course. I think we all know Odell Beckham is, you know, quite frankly, uh, a man, you know, a man amongst boys at that position. So another quick game I wanted to just really, really recap um, is the Chiefs and the Ravens. You know, this was highlighted, you know, Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. And we'll kind of get into that matchup in a, in a little bit here. But Obed, your thoughts on the game. Chiefs beating out the Ravens 33 to 28. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I got to give it to to um, the Chiefs for, you know, at least they were in control of this game. This score is not representative of how dominant the Chiefs are at home. Uh, you know, much respect to what the Ravens were able to put together. But I think we've finally seen what and, and it, I, I think that this is a little humble pie, a little a little crow for Lamar Jackson to to eat. You know, I get it. Hey, not bad for a running back. It seems like the Dolphins are, are a dumpster fire and you roasted them up. I don't think you're throwing half of the balls that you threw against Arizona if Patrick Peterson is on the other side of the field in the secondary. Uh, so, you know, I think he he got a chance to show that he does have an arm. He can make some passes, but he just looked he he looked almost rookie-ish in his inability to find someone. You know, he his first move when none of his reads were open was to do a complete 360 spin and then exit the pocket. I had no idea what Lamar Jackson was doing back there. Uh, but if they are serious about him being uh, the kind of quarterback that they need for this team, like honestly, like Trace McSorley sitting on the bench, somebody who can run and throw, they're really going to have to pick it up with uh, with the with the Ravens, with uh, Lamar Jackson in the passing game. But the Chiefs look dominant, man, and they just they just have an offense built for fast people. As long as you play for uh, uh, Andy Reid, you're going to go out there and light up points. Uh, it's Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Daryl Williams, you name it. Oh, they got all these guys shady, shady looking good. McCoy's uh, yeah. looking good. Chris, your, quickly, your thoughts on the uh, Chiefs-Ravens game and the hype that surrounded it. When Shady McCoy is your seventh or eighth option on offense, I'd say you're doing all right. Uh, <laughs> Facts. I, I mean, Facts. really, now. I, I mean, well, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, I'm sorry, uh, as Trey Wingo calls him, Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes, um, <laughs> you know, kind of had a down uh, down, down uh, first half of last week's game. He, he actually threw for just under 300 yards in the first half of that Ravens-Chiefs team. So he had a down half. Um, <laughs> for, for, by, by, for Patrick, yeah, it's a down half so far this season. Down half. I, I mean, that's the real deal. I mean, and the Ravens, like you, like you said, Obed, uh, I think Lamar Jackson – has actually made exponential growth from his rookie season now in regards to his passing game, but has a lot of, of, of room to grow, you know. Uh, and I know a lot of guys want to tote these guys as, you know, the, the head-to-head comparison for, for years to come. And, and you know, I, I think Patrick Holmes already, he's already a league MVP in, in quintessentially, which was actually his rookie year, even though I know it was his second year, it was his first year yeah. starting. Um, I, I mean, Patrick Holmes is definitely the, the young talent to watch, but but I think, you know, trying to put Lamar Jackson and saying that these two are going to go back and forth three years to come, I I, th- I think Mr. Jackson has a lot to go by that. Sorry, Miss Jackson. I am for <laughs> well said, guys. Well said. Let's, you know what, guys? We're going to, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening here, we're going to move into a new segment we have this week here on What's the Word? Exclusive, 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 exclusive. <laughs> we're going to move on to a segment, sort of like a little bit of a overreacting, underreaction type of thing. We're going to move into something called You Write, 
you mad. Basically, you're gonna. Well, I'm gonna say out a couple statements here. You guys gonna tell me if I'm right or I'm just playing out crazy here. Obed, I will start with you. Kind of what we kind of started before. First cup question for you, Obed. Daniel Jones is the future franchise quarterback for the New York Football Giants. You're right. I think if they uh, if they commit to him, build around him, work with him, he's smart enough to understand what needs to happen so he can make the kind of threat plays an old school quarterback can do. And he also obviously showed that he can play this air raid fun gun fun and gun game that the young guys are playing out here with passes to uh, to Evan Ingram and passes to uh, Sterling Shepard that went for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Chris, next question is up for you. And uh, you kind of alluded to before, as you were just mentioning, so I'll go back to you with it. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson will be the quarterback duel for years to come, a la Brady and Manning. Well, Sherm, you mad. you got the first half of that statement right just like i said previously you know uh lamar jackson has a lot to prove on that i know they've had a slow start to their season so far and it's not what the teams wanted but but you cannot sleep on baker mayfield what he did with them last year seven straight wins leading the browns you know almost to a playoff spot last year i know you know with freddie kitchens they've had some issues getting the offense rolling but i actually think more so uh, Mahomes and uh mr mayfield are going to be the future uh lamar can get there he just has some work to do I, I actually like I actually like your take there, Chris, about putting putting Baker in there with Mahomes. You know, that's left to be seen. Moving on. Oh, Ben, next one's for you again. The Panthers are better without Cam Newton at quarterback. Am I right? Or I'm just crazy. I'm sorry to have to do this, but you're right. You know, Ooh. I I you know the the problem here is that the Cam Newton that the NFL has become has come to fear, and the Cam Newton the defense has come to fear is the Cam Newton of the legs. And if you remove Cam Newton's legs, you have no quarterback there and nothing to be afraid of. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He couldn't hit a fullback or a tight end in the flat. He couldn't hit an out route on a very shifty fast receiver. They put speed all around him to help open up the rush lanes, but he just cannot stay healthy for the thousands of hits that he's already taken on a resurgence repaired shoulder so uh, I think you're right if they could just find a guy to deliver the ball and keep the, the line the chain moving they would be fine they have all the other pieces around it they just need a quarterback to play yep yep and the last topic here on you right you mad Chris this one's for you even at three and0 we should be concerned with the LA Rams offense you right Sherman I mean that the, the, you know it, they they are they have not looked nearly as as powerful and as fluent as they have uh, in 2018. Um, I think we have to be seriously concerned about uh, Todd Gurley. Uh, I don't know if he's completely recovered from the undisclosed injuries that they've said, but if you look at his stats, all right, three games in, he's only rushed for 203 yards total, just over 4.5 yards um, a carry and only one touchdown. That's it. I, I mean, so there's a lot going on. Todd Gurley is the engine that makes that team go. So if he's not firing all cylinders, I mean, that puts a lot more pressure on Jared Goff to really perform. And we've seen when he's under pressure, like we saw in the playoffs last year, he's not exactly the best under it. So I think there's a lot to be concerned about the Rams offense. Yeah. And you know what, Chris, I'm going to actually agree with you on that one. Yeah. They're not doing what they did last year. Sean McVay, I don't think people might have kind of figured them out, but, you know, we'll see how the season goes along. 
All right, folks, this, it's that time of the week once again to make our picks coming up on uh, week four here in the NFL. Um, quickly, Obed, let's look at our picks from last week. I think we both did okay. We both went, what, 11-5 and five last week. So overall records for myself, 33-14-1. Obed still great, 33 games behind at 30-17-1. So let's get right into it, guys, picking the games for this week's matchups. Let's start off right at the top. First game Thursday night football, Philadelphia at Green Bay. I'm going to go Packers here. Chris, Eagles and Packers, who are you taking? Uh, five and a half point spread on that. Uh, I'm actually going to take Green Bay in a close one. Oh, babe, Eagles and Packers, who you got? I'll take Green Bay now that we're finally out of the professionals uh, preseason. We're going to actually see some light shows. Devontae Adams is going to get going. Aaron, Rod- Aaron Jones is going. Aaron Rodgers is going to look good. Marquez valdez Candy going to light them up. Nice, nice. Starting on Sunday, Tennessee at Atlanta. I'm going to go Falcons just because it's at home. Even though Tennessee is kind of doing some little, playing a little well, I'm going to go Falcons at home. Obed, Titans and Falcons. Going Atlanta. Got to give it to Atlanta. Yep. Chris, Tennessee and Atlanta, who are you taking here? Uh, it's got to be a bounce back game for Atlanta. They need this to save their season. I'm going Atlanta. Yep. Uh, Obed, you're New England Patriots against my Buffalo Bills. You know, surprisingly, I'm going to take the Bills. People are going to question me, why would you take the Bills against the Patriots? If Buffalo is playing well, the defense is strong. It's in Buffalo. I think this is one game that Buffalo can steal from the Patriots this year. These games are sometimes tough. I'm going to go Bills, ladies and gentlemen. Obed. Yeah, I got to agree with you. This is, a, I, again, I said it with the first game of the season, must-win game for the Patriots because you want that. We didn't see the Steelers doing what they did currently and ending up where they are, but I figured it would be a must-win game because you want to have that uh, division uh, control in the AFC. Um, I got to give it to New England on this one. The defense travels well. I think Stephon Gilmore wants to go there and show people up for where he left. Uh, and you know what? I mean, New England's just got enough pieces that they can keep it going. Throw Brandon Bolton back there. They'll have James White back fresh off with a new baby. Burkhead is going to look good. I think they'll be all right. Chris, Patriots and Bills, who you got here? Uh, Tom Brady owns a 30-3 and record um, on the Buffalo Bills. 69 <laughs> touchdown pass, 24 interceptions. I don't see any reason for that. You know, even though Buffalo's having a great start of their season, kudos to them, their coaching staff, uh, New England will win this one. I'd actually think pretty handily by 10 points. Yeah, and, you know what? And if it is a close game, I would say within three or even less than five, you know, I think the, it's, it's still a, a good mental win for the Bills. Absolutely. Okay. Casey at Detroit. I think this is the easy one to hear. Chiefs all the way. Chris, who you got? Chiefs and Lions. I'm going with the Hall of Famer. Let's go. <laughs> Patrick, my homie, my homes. Oh, bed. Kansas City at Detroit. Who are you taking here? He better get 33% of, uh, of Troy Aikman's Super Bowls if he wants to be calling himself a Hall of Famer or being called a Hall of Famer. But really, Troy Aikman didn't even really have to throw that many passes because he played with two Hall of Famers, so we'll keep that on the low. But we're going with Kansas City on this one. <laughs> nice. Oakland at Indianapolis. I'm going to go Colts because it's in Indianapolis. And Oakland, even though no AB any longer, not really sure what they're doing, what their identity is. Uh, I'm going Colts. Oh, bed. Oakland and Indianapolis. Who are you taking? Inside on that carpet, man, I really like what they're getting from Darren Waller. Terrell Williams is out there for him. Uh, I think if they can get a little more speed on the outside with another receiver, they'll be great. But then they start talk, talking about getting Josh Jacobs into more passing routes. I like Oakland. Chris, Oakland and Indianapolis. Who you got here? Uh, Jacoby Brissett's coming off a big game last week. Uh, I think he's starting to show you know why he was so successful in his brief stint in New England. Um, I got this in a close one. Four, four points, uh, Indianapolis over Oakland. Nice, nice. The Chargers at Miami Dolphins. I think this is a season where we could see another team possibly going 0-16. So I'm going Chargers all the way here because the Dolphins don't look like they're going to be doing competing with anyone this year. Chris, Chargers and Dolphins, who you got? 
my gosh, this is like watching Alabama play like old Southern Mississippi State Capital of the Charleston Southern University. I mean, Northwest. <laughs> Northwest. Uh, I mean, gosh. <laughs> this is gonna, this, unfortunately, you know, this is gonna be a blowout. This is gonna be a great stat day for everyone on, on the Chargers. Uh, I got this big, at least at least a twenty point spread on this. Yeah, if you guys own any Chargers in your fantasy league, make sure you're starting them. Oh, bed, L.A. Chargers against the Miami Dolphins. Who you got? Sorry, just got a text message. I'm in a group chat with uh, the Dixie Chicks and Fleetwood Max. Said it's going to be a landslide. (laughs) (laughs) Washington at the New York Football Giants. Daniel Jones coming off a good win. Washington, I don't know what they're doing there. You know, it's funny. I was going to go Washington for an upset, but I'm going to change my pick. I'm going Giants. Chris, Redskins and Giants, who are you taking? Gosh, this is is a tough one. This honestly is a coin flip. Uh, honestly, I, I think the Redskins are going to be playing with a little bit of fire because they're extremely mad at their start. It's going to be a close one. I'm talking one or two point game. I'm, I'm going to go with the Redskins. Oh, Ben. Washington at New York football giants. So I brought this up last week that in the first start for Danny Dimes that it could be that we could be looking at a lot different team. And we both picked the Bucks, but I had an inkling that the Giants were going to be able to come out here and sneak one on the Buccaneers because the Giants would just look completely different. They looked good in the preseason because they could actually make throws, make plays. Those the pieces that they brought together for Eli probably work far better for a position type or a quarterback for like Daniel Daniel Dimes. So I'm going to go with the Giants. Uh, I, I think Washington has looked impressive they've been competitive they have not let down there there's a couple plays they ran that looked really nice uh and the case cam's moving the ball well with scary Terry mclaurin but i gotta go giants yep next one up we've got the cleveland browns at the baltimore ravens divisional matchup here you know quite frankly at the beginning of the year i probably would have picked cleveland in this one but lamar's looking like looking real real nice i'm gonna go ravens in this one here uh obed browns and ravens who you got yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one. I mean, I think they're going to want to get the bounce back, especially at home, do it for the hometown crowd. Uh, and the, yeah, right now, Cleveland has no offensive line to speak of. So, yeah, Chris, Browns and Ravens, who are you taking here? Honestly, Sherman, th- this is the start of the end of the Browns season. If they do not pull out this win, not only is it a divisional game, but if you look at their next five games after that, all against winning teams, the undefeated 49ers, Seahawks, undefeated Patriots, Broncos, and then your undefeated Bills. They need this win more than anything, and I think they're going to come out and, and, and be on fire. Uh, it's going to be a tough battle. I'm going to win the Browns. Yeah, I'll agree with you, Chris. They do need this win. I just don't think they get it done. Um, looking at Carolina at Houston, you know, without Cam Newton, even though they, you know Kyle Allen stepped up, played very well last week, threw a, threw a few touchdowns in Arizona, I'm going to go Texans. Uh, Chris, uh, Texans at Panthers. I mean, excuse me, Panthers at Texans. Excuse me, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, Cam Newton. Um, I, a lot of this team's got to go through. I, I think Houston's gonna just get it. It's they're gonna get done. This is a coin flip, but it's Houston. Yeah, Obed, uh, Carolina at Houston. Now, see, I still haven't seen the actual game. Uh, so I was thinking about Carolina in this this one, but you know I can't imagine Houston's gonna allow uh, a rookie quarterback to come in. Not, excuse me, not a rookie quarterback, but a young quarterback to come in here and take advantage of him. I just he played so well. You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it at Carolina. I'm gonna let it ride and see what the money does. Okay. All right. I like it. I like the pick. Tampa Bay at the LA Rams. I, you have to go Rams in this one. Buccaneers. They're struggling. You know they they don't they 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 can't kick the ball. Winston's inconsistent. You know, Rams, I think they got to turn it up. Sean McVay has to unleash the fury, so to speak, as they did last year and everyone. So I'm going to go Rams. Oh, Ben, 
Rams hosting Buccaneers. Let's go Rams. Yep. Chris, Buccaneers at, at Rams. Tampa, Tampa Bay doesn't have enough offense to keep up with the Rams. Even though the Rams are floundering, they win this by at least a touchdown. Yep. Arizona is hosting Seattle. You know, Kyler Murray is looking like he's developing a little bit, but I'm going to go Seahawks all the way. Uh, Obed, Seahawks at the Cardinals. I need people to stop talking about Kyler Murray like he's the second coming of Michael Vick. Please and go look at the NFL's top 100 plays and see Michael Vick's 46-yard run. Kyler Murray will never do stuff like that, and he is not hmm. beating Seattle. <laughs> Chris, Seahawks at Cardinals. Uh, Seahawks. Russell Wilson's going to take that step this year. I've been saying along that he's going to be by the end of that top three uh, uh, quarterback conversation. So it's Seahawks. Yep. Next game, Minnesota at Chicago. Divisional mashup here. You know, Chicago coming off that the Monday night win against the Redskins. That defense is playing legit. Cleo Mack is a monster, of course. He's going to he's gonna fluster Kirk Cousins all game, I think. So I'm going to go Bears over the Vikings here. Uh, Obed, Vikings at Bears. Who are you taking? I'm going to go Minnesota. I mean, I, yeah, he's, he's going to be flustered, and it's, it honestly has not looked good for him. But it, the Trubisky that we all come to love from last year just does not exist. And I think, you know, the Redskins have not looked bad, but leave it to the Redskins to make Trubisky look good after Trubisky has just had two terrible games. <laughs> right, right, right. Yep, Minnesota, Chicago, yeah, I, I think – I know I was I was for a second I was thinking I was gonna change my pick but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Bears. Chris, sorry, I forget. Did we get your pick on this one? Vikings at Bears? No, sir. Uh, and Obed, you mad? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying I would have said the exact same thing. I, I mean, I think Trubisky's got a lot to show. Obviously, he had two you know layups there of touchdowns. But I'll tell you that one where he was scrambling out to his right on the back leg, throwing it on a dime, back shoulder throw, touchdown. That is going to give him the confidence to go into this game, divisional game, and, and get this get this done. I got Chicago and uh, winning this by full point. Yep. Jacksonville at Denver. I'm going Jacksonville. Denver's 0-3. I don't think, you know, Flacco is really with jiving with that offense. You know, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a low scoring game. I feel maybe like uh, 18 to 13 Jacksonville. Obed, Jag, Jags and Broncos, who you got? I'm going Jacksonville. I mean, it's kind of sad that, you know, I saw some stat that, like, Denver has not gotten a sack or a quarterback hit or something like that. So it's not even like the offense is terrible. The defense isn't doing what it normally does, you know. But how much of that is them being out there hung to dry, uh, Denver not being able to keep up drives? I don't know. Um, but I'm going Jacksonville. Chris, Broncos hosting the Jaguars. Who you got? I mean, as much as I don't like Joe Flacco, I've got to feel at home. He's got to pull this out. Veteran game. I mean, as much as I love the stash and Gardner Minshew, um, and I think he's a great story. I got to go with the Broncos on this one. Yep. Uh, Saints hosting the Cowboys. This would have been a much bigger and better matchup if Drew Brees was still in the lineup. So with that being said, since he's not the – even though Bridgewater did lead the Saints to victory over the Seahawks last week, he looked good. I'm, I'm going to go Cowboys, even though it's – and it's in New Orleans. That's a big statement. I'm going to go Cowboys. Uh, Obed, Cowboys and Saints. I got to think uh, back to earlier this year, Sean Payton made a comment that he felt like the NFL had made some mistakes with some of the hiring of these young coaches, and he said he was excited to play them. Uh, and I have to agree with him. Sean Payton is one of the masterminds of the NFL right now, comes up with some great schemes, found a way to have 
the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Really, the Seattle Seahawks lost that game because of Chris Carson. So, you know, I think they would have been in it a lot harder if yeah. not for a fumble that got returned for a touchdown. Um, I, I'm going New Orleans. I just feel like the, the star power is there. And I'm sure whatever uh, uh, Kellen Moore has put together, Sean Payton is studying very well just so he knows how to stifle these guys. Because the Dolphins, for the dumpster fire that they were, definitely gave the Dallas Cowboys fits. Yeah. Chris, Saints hosting the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Who you got? I got to agree with, with my counterpart there, uh, Obed. Uh, I, I got to go New Orleans on this. I'm telling you something. Something's brewing with Ted, Teddy Bridgewater. I'll tell you right now, um, in the time where Drew Brees is going to be gone here, you're going to see a big controversy, just like we have uh, brewing down there in Carolina with Cam Newton. Um, I, I'm telling you, I think I, I have a good feeling if, if Breeze is out for six weeks, like they say, that they go four and two, five and one with Bridgewater in there. And you're going to have a lot of people wondering what should the Saints do at that point? I mean, obviously the Hall of Famer, Drew Breeze, but it's going to be interesting. So I got New Orleans on this one. Okay. All right. I like the take on here. And last but not least, Monday Night Football, the Bengals at Steelers divisional matchup here. Quite frankly, I'm not sure how many people are going to be watching this one other than you, Chris, because it's your team. And quite frankly, I'm not sure if you're going to be watching it, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Cincinnati. Uh, Chris, I'll go to you first. Bengals and Steelers, who are you taking here? Just cancel Monday Night Football this week. Just get rid of it. That is a detriment to every NFL paying fan out there to have this game on Monday Night Football. I mean, you go from the from the three Bs to a bunch of Ds. You know, I mean, it's 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 absolutely, it's, it's going to be insane. I, I think Cincinnati wins this game by 20 points. Throw some Ds on that. Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad Bengals and Steelers. Who, who are you taking here to wrap it up? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> quite frankly yeah you're right pittsburgh is a, is a mess going three well folks that's gonna wrap it up here for this week's episode of what's the word entertainment thank you guys for joining chris thank you guys thank you for being our guest here once again this week any final words from you sir no i'm happy to be on here guys it's a lot of fun let's have a good week and uh my fantasy let's go all day <laughs> yep oh ben any uh, any last words for the people Guys, we are all about late-breaking news, and we actually have some tonight before we go. Uh, the Seahawks are sending former third-round tight end Nick Vanette to the Steelers per Adam Schefter. So if they're, if they're not rebuilding, it sounds like they want to get some help on that offensive line, give that quarterback some more time, maybe give somebody to help lead block a little bit more for uh, J- uh, James Conner, uh, you know. But that doesn't change my pick. We're on to Cincinnati. Good night, America. <laughs> Y'all take care. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. That's what the what WTW Real ENT Entertainment. Let's go. Yo, SoundCloud.com slash What's the Word Entertainment for Obed for Chris. I am Sherm. We'll see. We'll, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace, guys. Later. Love. <laughs>